What's up, Llama listeners? Joe here, and I'm excited to announce our partnership with Blazing Star Barbecue. Blazing Star Barbecue is a veteran-owned business owned and operated by Mike Starr, a veteran of over 20 years of military service and a fantastic member of the Llama family. Through his amazing rubs and sauces, Mike is devoted to bringing unique flavors from his world travels to your backyard. And I got to tell you, I love me some Blazing Star Barbecue, especially the Reaper and brand new Scorpion rubs. I absolutely put them on everything, and they pretty much have rendered the rest of my spice cabinet obsolete. Check them out at BlazingStarBarbecue.com and Blazing Star Barbecue on all social media platforms and get your sauces and rubs today. We promise you won't be disappointed. Live. Learning. Leadership. The Llama Lounge. Yo, welcome back to the Llama Lounge, a dialogue on all things life, learning, and leadership. This is Joe Bogdan, and I am excited to have this legendary leader in the lounge with me today, David Satchel. Satch retired from the U.S. Air Force as a command chief, master sergeant. He is an executive coach with his new company, Core Leadership Consulting, which we'll talk about a little later. And he is a published author of the book, Extracting the Leader from Within. Welcome to the lounge, brother. How are you? So awesome. I'm so happy to be here. I've been trying to see this one guy, Joe Bogdan, for a long time. <laughs> I'm admired of your work and so glad to be here today. I'm so grateful for your kind words. And I have totally admired you from a distance, too. And um, we talked a little bit before we hit record on this. Like, why haven't we been connected longer? <laughs> it's so weird because, like, I was a dental tech and I, and you're going to you're going to get to this, I'm assuming. But yeah. I was a dental tech at some point, you know. And so there's some there's some there's some connections there. And then, of course, in the chief business, you know, but, you know, me being a 10 years ahead of you, that that probably explained that. But, you know, I, I I missed out big time because I learned so much from you just in these times that I've been watching you on social media. So really cool. Really, really cool. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And yeah, we would definitely have that connection with the dental because my fiance is a dental hygienist. So <laughs> that's great. Yeah. She's going to love listening to this. So uh, so what's going on? Where, where are you at right now? And how are things over there? Um, the world's pretty dynamic and it's changing quite a bit oh, just daily. Yeah. So what's going on over there? So I retired um, in 2020 and I, I decided to get hired on at Amazon Mm. Um, just because I just wasn't sure about the civilian landscape. I was, mm. and you know, everyone reassure you, you're going to be fine. And I was like, okay, okay. But I had never been without a job. And so I was like, I don't know what this is about. So I'm going to just secure this one. I only applied for to Amazon because of their 14 leadership principles looked and smelled like our core values in the air force. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to take this job here. Of course, they pay pretty well, but um, I just resigned just this week at Amazon. Um, and and the work was it's it is super busy or probably the busiest I've ever been in my life. Wow. And of course, as you know, it. I mean, if you can get an item to your door in three hours, that's because there's a whole bunch of people ma making that happen. And I was part of that process. And so there were so many things to learn from there. But then I decided I was going to take this 10 meter uh, uh, jump off a platform into the business of consulting. Mm. And so that's where I am now. And so I'm trying to get that off the floor. And it's it's got some really um, 
really positive outlook right now. And so I'm excited about what the future looks like. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, we'll definitely get into the consulting and what you got going there um, in, a, in a little bit. Um, but I appreciate you sharing that. And Satch, you know, whenever we have a guest, a first time guest on the lounge, we ask that they tell their story because we found that we can learn a lot from the stories of others. Yeah. So would you please tell us how did David Satchel become the man he is today? Wow. So I'm a product of a single mother who worked her butt off um, with multiple jobs to to provide me, you know, some shirt and some mm-hmm. food every single day. Um, there is not a single person in my family that had a college degree. And I, th- I felt like here's an opportunity as I started to explore being recruited into the Air Force. And so I decided when I was going in that I was going to get my, you know, get a degree of some type and then and then get out. Of course, you heard that story before, <laughs> but uh, I got assigned to Germany. And here's this uh, young Midwestern kid that went to Germany for the very first time. And now the world is open to him. He is immature. Mm. He is lonely. He has no idea what's going on around him, and he's being exposed to different uh, cultures. And um, and so uh, I've learned a ton. I mean, I think I got a bachelor's degree worth of social structural uh, uh, training <laughs> in that short four years, which caused me to stay around a little longer. Um, but I was good at my work. I worked hard because my my mother always talked about working hard all the time. And so I did that. And that kind of always kind of led to the next thing. And I'd like to say that my my road to to chief was deliberate. But I would say all the way to master sergeant, it was just really hard work, having good connections with people that took me along and said, hey, here's your next opportunity. And then I always went for it. So the Air Force has been extremely good for me. I started out as a dental tech. I cross-trained about nine years in, 10 years in as to the command post career field. Mm. And then um, and then it started moving really quickly. So I started getting promoted uh, pretty fast after that. It was a slow run at the beginning. I had some real big bumps in the road. Um, and if you were to look at my book, it'll talk about, and there's some people that pick me up where I skinned my knee. And, and so they're the reasons why I'm here today. But then after I got there to senior and CEO status, then I started, you know, moving pretty quick. And so, uh, I went into the group chief business and then command chief business. And then I found myself, um, as the superintendent of the chief of staff and the secretary's, um, executive action team which is, you know, the, the pinnacle uh, mm. of my career and to, um, to work with them, uh, an amazing team, team 18 and team 21 mm. uh, was just phenomenal. And so that leads me to today. And, um, and I'm excited about how the Air Force set me up for life 2.0. So yeah. here I am. Mm-hmm. That, that's awesome. You know, and I love what you said about the connections and opportunities because, you know, I think it's real important for people to identify that, you know, you have to be able to continue to cultivate those relationships and, and be open to that feedback, but also take those opportunities and not just the ones that are shiny and sexy on paper, the ones that yeah. sometimes you don't want to do because those are the ones you're going to get growth from. Yeah, no doubt. And there were some things I just did not want to do, you know, and then there was some that I just said, you know, it's my time. I want to go. And uh, Lorenzo Bethea, Staff Sergeant Lorenzo Bethea, who was like, Satch, 
it's not your turn yet. Just wait your turn. I, I never will forget that. Mm. And it's a principle that I live by as a leader too, where I would tell, you know, a really fast buzzing, you know, airman, NCO, hey, it's not your turn yet, buddy, but it's mm. coming to stick with it. And so because I trusted that person so much that I did, I slowed down and kept doing the thing that they asked me to do. And it created other opportunities for me. So that's really cool to have. Yeah, you know, that's a that's a great principle that you think because you think like people hear something like it's not your turn and they might take that very negatively. Right. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, wait, no, somebody's turn now. Or like I earned this. Right. But in reality, mm-hmm. when you look at it, uh, a lot of times, even in leadership, we we're just talking about this yesterday and Steve Sinov had brought it up. Um, actually, no, it was Dan Guzman. He actually brought it up. He said, uh, you know, when you see somebody else leading and maybe you don't appreciate everything they're doing in that leadership role, but it's not your turn is their right. turn to lead, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and it's really easy to judge them when you're not in the arena. And I think those are just right. great perspectives to have. Yeah. And Joe, I think it's not just about time when it says your turn, but it's mm-hmm. also about growth, right? Yeah. And, and he could easily say, Hey, there's some still things that you got to learn, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so he didn't define that, but, but I certainly know that looking back, there was some growth that was necessary in that wait your turn kind of business. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's funny because when you're in it, you think you're you're hot, and then you look back and you're like, "No, I was not." <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I wanted to touch on you're working. Um, I know you're you're transitioned. You're you're doing some stuff with your consulting firm. Your book um is out there, but you're also doing something that I found just fascinating. And, and you're and you're working a character curriculum for the Boys and Girls Club, and I, I just think that's. That's just so amazing because I don't think character is something we talk enough about and we need to embed that into the young men and women of this country, you know? Oh, yeah. And so um, I am a product of the Boys Clubs of America, uh, now Boys and and Girls Clubs, and um, they're the ones that kept me alive Mm. till I I was to graduate from high school and then join the Air Force. Um, as a latchkey child, you know, again, like I said, a product of a single parent. And so um, having those adults in that in that um, organization that just kept, you know, mentoring me and showing me here's the way to go. And these are literally um, they're doing everything they can to raise me when mm-hmm. in the absence of my mother. And so um, so I felt like I owed it back to them. So then came, you know, um, creating a community of character. Um, And so um, I believe that our inner city and minority um, uh, children, adolescents, have a difficult time crossing into the workforce, into 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 universities, and into um, into the military, because they haven't been taught this this aspect, and that is character. And how do I navigate through uh, a, a cross cultural environment? And so um, I want to be able to introduce that to them because I owe it back to them, and I can see where the gaps are. Yeah, that. Yeah, and I'd love to dive into that a little bit more because I think that you're you're 100% right. I I think there's there's all these formal lessons on these more tangible perspectives like, you know, whether it's mathematics or science or even home economics and those type of lessons, but I think character, discernment, you know, these are these are lessons that if we can teach them earlier and and they're not easy easy things to teach. They're not, they're not. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, so what, what angle are you approaching it from? Cause I have my perspectives on character. I think, you know, being a good teammate, um, you know, think of beyond yourself type, type of things, but, and, and also just putting in effort into things that, you know, that you don't necessarily want to do, you know, um, those are things that I think reflect character, but what, what, what perspectives do you bring to that? Uh, exactly the same. It's like, um, working, working in hand to hand with another person. Some mm-hmm. of the experiences that we've had just in basic training, mm-hmm. um, you know, how do I help a brother up in, and, and yeah. how do I bring somebody along? Mm-hmm. How do I understand, you know, a different culture mm-hmm. and, um, how do I operate in there and how do I communicate? How do right. I communicate in that environment? Um, and, how can I show who I am without it being, you know, it won't look negative to, to everyone around me. Um, and so, so that they can appreciate, appreciate them for who they are. Um, uh, in my book, I have a, a an individual named Antoine who mm-hmm. has this experience where, you know, his leaders just didn't understand him because he wasn't very good at communicating who he was and where he's from and how and why he is the way he is. Mm. And so it's the two way street. And so I think this is the, that's the angle I want to, I want to share with these young folks. And so it's still maturing. Um, I pulled some things from, um, from the center of character at the air force Academy, Mm. Uh, general um, Clark, who's a very good friend of mine, showed me some of the, some of the, the um, curriculum that they use. And so it, it, it really helps. And so I use that and built from there. How do I take, you know, some inner city children to the next level? So. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's fantastic. Cause I think, you know, like we, we could see it even in our air force history, whether they're um, they're, they're trying to like visionary leaders that were trying to implement change, but they didn't show the character. So even though they had great ideas, people didn't want to yeah. listen to them, you know, and, um, right. and you can see that daily probably in, in, in an organization. So I, I think I just would truly commend you on your efforts there. Cause I think we need a lot more of that. Thank you. It's, it will be my life's work. Nothing else to me will ever matter. Mm-hmm. Um, except this one particular piece, um, because I think I'm alive because of that particular agency that brought me along. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, man, that, that's great. Cause I, you know, I've been thinking about it too, from just my perspective is I think, you know, I think men, cause I can, I can relate to men because I am a man. So I think it's, it's a responsibility for us to be able to grow other men in, in that fashion, to be able to bring yeah. them up in a, in a, in a life of character so that they can, you know, be in the world and influence it positively. Cause it affects women too, in that, in that world, in that way. So it does. yeah, it really does. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. So, Hey, I wanted to touch on a topic. So in your leadership consulting company and your book, you talk about influencing optimal performance. So what does influencing optimal performance mean to you and what does it entail? So, I mean, in in this most basic understanding is how do we get the best out of our people? Mm -hmm. And, but it gets complicated because, you know, the individuality of people, and it causes leaders to be far more dynamic than, than, you know, just showing up and having a good personality or being intelligent or being hardworking mm-hmm. um, to create that level of influence and getting them to perform requires you to be, you, you're going to have to have multiple layers to you. And, and so to to influence optimal performance is really about how do I set the conditions for commitment 
Mm. And and so because commitment and and performance are are collinear. And, and so because of that, how do I drive performance by having that feeling that they could be committed to this organization? And that requires me uh, creating different layers of trust and and in and building strong relationships. And so and once that when you bring when you elevate trust and relationships, then you create, you know, a strong and optimal performance in this particular case. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I think about, we hear that all the time, it was like, you know, leadership leaders need to build trust, but there's not like a, a blueprint up there, right? <laughs> like, like this is how you do it, but we can see all the negative consequences of lacking trust in an organization. Yeah. But what, what would, uh, what are some tips that you would share that can help people, you know, a leader build some trust within their, their teams? So I don't want to get too nerdy on this one, but, you know, there is not a lot of research on, you know, on building trust that the existence of trust, there is there is data on there on, Mm -hmm. you know, what is trust and why do you need it? But actual practical, you know, you know, steps for building it, there's very, very little. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I kind of look at it more like it's an enigma. It's, mm-hmm. you know, is the the careful actions of other things like, you know, um, uh, being honest or being careful with decision making, like um, being consistent, uh, being vulnerable, um, like being courageous or mm-hmm. admitting your mistakes. These all kind of encompass the conditions for trust. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you have the, when you can do those careful actions, then you know that you are developing trust in your people. So. Yeah, it is dynamic because, I mean, when you use the word courageous, you can use that in so many different facets. Like if you're in a deployed environment and you're a leader, you know, like the alarms go off and your leader runs, runs first into like, mm-hmm. a, you know, a bunker and doesn't take care of their people. I mean, now you don't trust that person when, when it right. really goes up, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. so but then there's also other facets of of courage, too, that are more like tactical at the you know administrative level, like maybe within your work center that is not, sure. you know, wartime tactics. So. Um, each one of those words that you brought up are even dynamic and have a lot of different uh, views, you know? Yeah. Specifically, like when you're saying more at the tactical level is how do I speak truth to power? And that's courageous. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and your people want to see that. And that mm-hmm. is some level of trust, you know? And so sometimes, you know, telling your, telling your boss, Hey, this will not work and why, mm-hmm. and, and everyone knows it except the boss. And so, and it's on me to be able to do it. And so then you have to have a level of courage to communicate to your boss and your people are depending on you to do that. So, yeah. You're right. How do you think, you know, you know, that's an interesting view because like, let's say, yeah, I have the courage to be able to tell my boss that something's not right, but then I also have to in my opinion, at least hold off and have some humility. If I do change his mind to not go tell everybody I changed his mind, you know what I mean? Like trying to pat myself on the back because then right. I will lose his trust. You know? That's right. Yeah. There's a lot of character right there, right? It totally is. And so, I mean, so of course, you know, the dynamic of, of being a leader says, you know, I'm going to be able to communicate and speak, speak truth to power. But, you know, when I walk out of this door, you know, I'm going, we're going to have one voice with my boss. And so, um, so that's important piece. Uh, but, you know, when I go back to my people and say, Hey, you know, we communicate, we talked about this particular topic and this is what we're going to do, you know, and, and if I've had built trust already with my people, they're going to know that I've done the work. 
mm-hmm. for them. And even if it comes back less than favorable for them, they'll know because I built that level of trust with them that, okay, we're going to go forward because of, because this is the way that we're, you know, the process, this is how the process plays out. And so, you know, Amazon has a, a leadership principle called disagree and commit right mm. and so and so that requires some some courage as well you know to be able to communicate back to the boss disagree with them and then commit on commit on the way forward even if that's not the way that you planned and so this is the same when it comes to your airmen as well yeah yeah 100 percent. so and it's difficult because you know our own ego comes into play and that's when the character piece starts to impact things and then that sure. of course impacts trust and and sure. you know, there's one thing that i you know i've thought about a lot um is i think us in the military you know transitioning from one place to another we start developing a resume and then sometimes we we lean on our resume and we assume that when we get to the next unit that our resume <laughs> follows us and that people oh, yeah. are automatically going to trust us or they're going to be like oh yeah and, and i'll be like well you know i've led some amazing things and so I'm like well nobody cares about that anymore you're not there, right. there anymore you're here, here. Mm-hmm. How, do, you, do you have any advice that you could give some you know leaders that find themselves falling in that pitfall Sure. You know, I talk about, you know, a person carries with them some their theme music and mm-hmm. if you could entertain that with if you can listen to that with me. So it's, you know, I have this theme music and let's just say Bruno Mars is my guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to play Bruno Mars. And guess what? The people where my current people, they're going to love it and they're going to they're going to dig it, you know. Uh-huh. And so because I was so effective carrying Bruno with me. Of course, when it's time for me to PCS or go to my next location, Bruno's coming along, right? Mm-hmm. And just what? I get in a new environment and Bruno is just not connecting, right? <laughs> and I really need to be a multiple track kind of leader where I have the ability to sense that Bruno's not it. And certainly, though, Joe, certainly everyone loves Prince and the song Kiss. So I'd be able to, if I can play that, then they're going to go, oh, okay, I'm with them, right? And so I, I guess I got around this. But what I'm saying is that my ability to sense, you know, mm-hmm. how I'm connecting to my people and then being able to shift, you know, and that requires a level of emotional intelligence that says, yeah. hey, I, I understand my people and they understand me. And so I might need to make a shift and, and connect with them in a different way. I love that multiple track leadership. <laughs> I love that. And, <laughs> and, you know, and that's what exactly right before you said, that, I was thinking that's emotional intelligence. Right. You know? <laughs> totally yeah. yeah. And, and, and there are three things that like, I, I know I brought up too, but I think that we need to develop more in earlier stages um, in some form or fashion that's consumable to our, our young men and women in the country mm-hmm. is, uh, is that, that character that we talked about, the mm-hmm. ability to discern, and then of course, emotional intelligence, because that, mm-hmm. that's a key thing that can change a trajectory growing up. Yeah, it's like emotional intelligence is now, you know, it's out there now and people mm-hmm. are hearing it a lot more. Um, and now it's really about how do I really take this in and digest this and, and, and make sure I can execute this on a day-to-day basis. And so I'm hoping that in United States Air Force that they're thinking about this, you know, that they rip away all other, you know, administrative lessons and talk about how do I become an effective leader by, you know, being able to 
communicate who I am and they know that and they can connect with that. And I, I, have, I have a level of empathy that, you know, I can uh, manage interpersonal relationships, you know, judiciously. Um, those kind of things are so important and nothing else matters in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, I love what you're saying there. And, and the weird thing is just like trust when you talked about data, Emotional intelligence, if you really look into data, it's hard to mm-hmm. find quantifiable right. data, right. right? That supports, but we see it experientially, right? That like, okay. no, that's important. You can see it. And right. so it's, it's such a unique concept. And I, I feel like all of the deepest leadership principles and just working together as human beings, they're all like that. It, totally right. And so even when I like talk about emotional intelligence, I always got to have this unofficial like survey let's do one to ten how how much how well do you know yourself because there's just not enough data that says you know this is what that means you know mm-hmm. and so uh but they can understand one to ten i'm a jerk right they know mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and they recognize how I, I am one and and so with all that clarity then they can say okay now i know that now how do i work work that down and so mm-hmm. that's really cool to be able to do it that way in a simple in a simple way yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So and another principle that you brought up throughout your book and everywhere else is that the importance of strengthening relationships. Yeah. And and you know what? I I think about it like this. I, I don't really like the word networking because it brings this this connotation that like, oh, I, it, a tick for tat. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it quid pro quo. Like right. I do something for you, you do something for me. And, right. and so I like to, and I know that's not always the case, but I like to say talking about building relationships. I think that's the most important piece, right? Because words matter, you know, and how people perceive things. So, so what is, you know, what your, your, your career, you've had so much experience and with relationships and lack of relationships, what's the impact? What have you seen positively and how do you build those strong relationships and keep them consistent? Sure. So like, you know, I believe that on that same collinear line that, mm-hmm. um, that performance and trust and relationships are all go hand in hand. And so, um, and without those, without them, then you just will not have a productive organization. Mm-hmm. And so, um, there's a study by Gallup that says that um, um, I think it's like seven times more likely to be engaged in your in your organization if you have a best friend uh, in in it or mm. a good friend, and not necessarily a BFF, but somebody that right. you're that you can connect with every single day. Mm. And so, so just having that friendly workplace is is so important to influencing optimal performance and so um so so if i talk about this practically as a chief or as a leader in general i'm going to i'm going to be the most vulnerable person that i possibly can i want people to understand me and know me know david satchel Mm -hmm. so then so then they are they can connect with me and then they can come to me with good things and bad things and so um, those kind of relationships are so important, and I'm in the I'm a leader, right? So mm-hmm. ultimately, I got to create outcomes. So I'm not the leader if I don't create the outcome. So I can have this environment, but if I don't create the outcome, then I'm not the leader. And so it's important that I build relationships, create this trust in the environment where people can communicate with one another and they can feel comfortable with who they are in that environment. So then I can influence this optimal performance. Yeah, I love what you said, because that's 
Um, there's a quote out there and I'm just going to paraphrase it, but you aren't what you say, you, you're who, what you do. And, and that's important because a lot of people can say a lot of things, but if you're not consistent in your actions, it's, it's going to impact that trust. And um, I love what, you know, and what you brought up about the good things and the bad things, people bringing you good things and bad things. I think that's, that's important. And a lot of people will think about it and maybe not even view it this way, but it's easy for as a leader or a family member, or, you know, you love somebody when they bring you bad things that you're engaged, you're like, Oh my goodness, this is bad. I got to yeah. help. But sometimes we blow off the good things that they bring us, you know? Oh, oh, oh that's cool. You know, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Good job. But we don't have that same engagement on the good things. And what happens is then they don't want to bring the good things to you anymore. So uh, they call it active constructive responding. And it's a skill. Right. And we don't, do it enough, you know, and we just fall into this trap of just blowing it off or not really letting our, uh, our loved ones enjoy those good things. Yeah. It's it's really cool that you said that because I think you and I were in probably the similar course with, um, you pins, positive psychology. And they talked about, uh, individuals, they come to you because Mm -hmm. they're coming to you with their good thing. And so Mm -hmm time for you to put on your Superman cape and respond to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I noticed that with my daughter, she was just a really bad student. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, from, from here to there, just a terrible (laughs) student. Right. And so I want to say it was, uh, she was in the ninth grade and she called me and told me, she says, Hey, I got a C. And I was like, that is so awesome. How'd you get the C, you know, <laughs> knowing to me, I'm going, you know, but you know, it's what you do. What, what did it take for you to get that C? Right. Mm-hmm. And she was so excited. She stayed in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so I got her through that. And then all of a sudden the phone conversation kind of died. And I said, Hey, Trinity, what's up? And she goes, well, mom didn't respond like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so me and her, me and my wife have a conversation about that. That's old stuff, but it's, you know, how do I keep this person in the moment and mm-hmm. feeling that good thing? Even if I don't think it's that great, right. because guess what? it's going to multiply in the end because now this one thing that wasn't as great, is going to become a greater thing in the end. So uh, it's, we have a responsibility as leaders is to actively respond when mm-hmm. it's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think and, and, and whether that's a leader of home or leader at work, um, it, it impacts things. I had a friend that one time told me that after he got that lesson in active constructive responding, mm-hmm. um, he said he finally realized what happened in his marriage. And I was like, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? And he said, well, you know, I, I, he, he told me that he cheated on his wife and he mm-hmm. was, you know, really remorseful, but he never really fully grasped why he did it. You know, and and he, and he went back and realized that whenever he brought good news or all the things he did to his um, wife, she oftentimes responded in a destructive manner. Now mm-hmm. he's, he he didn't say that was an excuse for his actions, but he was saying he at least understood it. And him and I both came to the conclusion that we want our loved ones, the people we care about the most to want to bring the good news to us. We want to be selfish with that joy. So we have to be active and constructive when we're responding to them, or they're going to want to share that with somebody else. And I don't want my fiance sharing all her good news with somebody else because I'm not doing my job. Right. Right. You're totally right. And guess what? Those people weave through many different leaders to come to Joe, right. Mm -hmm. Or to come to Satch. Mm -hmm. They actually chose us to bring their good news. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's so important. I mean, airman or child, it doesn't matter. Uh, If if they weave through all these people and they say, I just need to tell Satch this, or I Mm -hmm. need to tell Chief Bogdan this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, 
our turn to turn it on and respond in a way that's going to create that, uh, multiply that same type of effect. Yeah. And then, you know, I think another piece of it too, is that we have to be aware of our energy levels because this is what happens all day at work. I might be, you know, Sash might be given mm-hmm. all the active constructor responding all day at work. Cause your airmen are coming to you. Same thing with Joe. Right. And then we get home and our family members and we're just beat. Right. <laughs> and they just gets what's left with us. And that's not fair. Right. So that's right. something we have to kind of be mindful of as well. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. I, man, I love this. Um, because you know that that last thing we just talked about really kind of recaps uh, a lot of what what we've been talking about the whole time is is building that trust, building those relationships, you know. And that was just kind of a, a tangent off <laughs> talking about a certain skill set that can apply. But I, I know in your book and your leadership consulting company that that you can provide a lot more of those skill sets to help build what we've been talking about the whole time. So how do we find out more about um, Core, right? And how do we find your book? So um, my my core is on a website right now, uh, www.core-elc.com. That stands for Executive Leadership Coaching. So core-elc.com. And then uh, you can find my book on there if you wanted a signed copy. But other than that, you could find it in Target, uh, Amazon, uh, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble. It's, it's spread out pretty far far and wide so you could find it anywhere um it's doing pretty darn good better than i kind of expected it you know i didn't know what to expect um and it's and it's really resonating Uh, joe i kind of look at it like you know jay-z he wrote an album and he put his heart and soul into this album right And, (laughs) and then he goes okay i'm going on my tour and he stands on the edge of the of the of the stage and he's really hoping that people are going to, you know, he's <laughs> going to start dancing or clapping or cheering. Right. Mm-hmm. And so here I am on the edge of the stage um, after my book launched, you know, there was a long period of time before I got any feedback and mm-hmm. I was standing on the stage and I was going, Whoa, what happened here? You know? Yeah. And then the feedback started coming back. And so that was really delightful. And so, you know, it sat on the top 40 uh, new releases on Amazon uh, for motive, leadership and motivation. That's uh, awesome. That was, I can believe it. And um, so now it's now I'm on a steady, you know, book sale kind of deal. Um, I'm not really interested in how much money I make. I don't care. I just wanted to get my thoughts out to the world. And so I'm glad that I was able to. But if I could backtrack this to the talk about trust, you know, um, I have a model that's in the book and it talks about, uh, and it shows, um, it shows what leadership looks like to me. Mm. Um, if you connect, if you transpose that to Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs, you'll see mm-hmm. where the trust and relationships all kind of match up. And that is, uh, a trust is being a lower level need on Maslow's, uh, uh equal need on Maslow's, um, model. Um, and without trust, you cannot find uh, self-actualization. Mm-hmm. Similar to Maslow points to safety and security, that mm-hmm. layer must be met before you can find uh, self-actualization. And and same with relationships. And it falls on a little higher uh, part of the model. Those kind of relationships are important and they are necessary to finding self-actualization or creating optimal performance. And so um, if you were to look at the book and see the model, you could see how those two kind of 
look alike and that was done on purpose. So, um, that's amazing. Yeah, that that's fantastic. And I think you're exactly right. I mean, how can you feel secure if you, if you don't have trust? You know, right. you don't feel like you can trust anybody or any anything around you. Um, it's definitely not going to be able to foster and climb that those rungs up to that self-actualization. Yeah, sure. So so love it, brother. Love it. And um, how, how do people get in contact with you if they want to know more? Do they just go to the website? They can, and there's a, you can message me through there or david.satchel at core-elc.com. If you ever need to just talk about any topic, I'm open to doing that. I mean, if you want to enter a coaching relationship, I'm happy to do that as well. If you wanted me to come a book, I want to do a workshop based off of some of the scenarios that are in it. Uh, In my book, there are vignettes of real life people with real stories that kind of illustrate the the topics in each chapter. Um, And so what I want to do is do a a case study on some of those people Mm. and then be able to have dialogue about how do we navigate through that particular uh, challenge, a challenge to leadership? And um, and so we're, we're building that together right now. And that should be ready right at the beginning of the year. So if you're interested in, you know, doing a workshop, I'm happy to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, and that's that's super important. I think, um, you know, you could read all the leadership books you want and you gain some of those foundational principles. But, you know, that's a great warrior poet. Mike Tyson once said, you know, <laughs> everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> so, so if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't take that opportunity to be able to at least role play, visualize, hit the pads, you know, hit the pads, you're, you're not yeah. you're not going to be able to just execute that that key. Uh, one, two, three, <laughs> yeah, when, no, when no. you're actually faced with it. So that, that's that's awesome. Love that you had the workshops and, the, and like the like some of a role playing going through scenarios, case studies and all that stuff. That's mm-hmm. that's just key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But brother, I'm so excited that you came on. I'm so excited that we're connected now. Um, I just want to reach out to you regularly because, you know, I'm just getting a ton of wisdom from you here. And I know that um, uh, I'll be embarking on the journey of writing a book and um, I'll, I'll definitely need some uh, some coaching and mentorship along that journey. And I love how you um, just really express some vulnerability there on you when you make the book you know you put it out there it's not like you're like uh, is anybody gonna read this and i i love i love that you did that you know you're on the end of the stage looking out and seeing if you're gonna get a response um that means so much to me and i know it means so much to others yeah thank you so much uh joe I'm, i'm glad we met uh now officially i've been following you and so that's been that's been my part of this this thing and so now we're connected and so um yeah, you got my number. You got my the ability to contact me anytime, and I'm ready to walk you through that. And you know, if you need it, you, know, you are such a talented chief. I mean, I'm so jealous, and so that of what you've been doing so far. And so um, the Air Force is in such great hands because of people like you and your peers. And so it's like for me to start you know, walking away from the Air Force and let, letting you do your thing and all the other chiefs that are doing spectacular work. And so I hope that we stay in touch. Um, that's really important to me as well, because I admire you. And so uh, let's make sure that we do that. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to have to have you come back on, man, talk about a couple more topics that just, you know, that can, uh, when we started this podcast, one of the things that I definitely wanted to push out was what did, what, what did Staff Sergeant Bogdan want to, what was he missing, you know, in conversations? Could it be a fly Mm -hmm. on the wall? You know, what was uh, Airman Satchel missing, you know, like, and I think Mm -hmm. that this conversation right here can, and ones like these fill those gaps, you know, because we don't always Mm -hmm. get 
we're not always entitled to the best leadership or the people that want to invest in us. So this is just another opportunity to fill that gap. And just like this and and your book as well. Thank you so much. Anytime you call me, I'm there. So please do. Heck yeah. yeah. All right, brother. So I can't let you go until we hit you what we call the leadership rapid fire. (laughs) Just a series of four leadership questions, however you want to interpret it and however you want to answer it. Sound good? All right. First question. What is your favorite leadership trait and why? So my most important leadership trait is, is vulnerability mm. and just being open and authentic to people, right? Uh, people want to know who the human is behind the, behind the uniform, and I need to make sure that I expose that so then they feel comfortable coming to me. And then now they know who I am and they're, they can say, okay, I can trust who that person is because they've shown us everything. Um, you know, in a coaching, in a coaching segment I had with an individual, they were like, that's the one thing that I loved about you. You know, you were always you. And so that's the one trait that I carry with me all the time. That's awesome. All right. Next question. What is either your favorite quote or one that you just like to share? So I always talk about this and that people don't quit their jobs. They quit their bosses. Mm. And so, um, if I'm going to, if I want to keep the people and, and, and grow and develop others, I need to be the leader that they really want. And so, and otherwise they're going to leave not because of the job, but they're going to leave because I'm a poor leader. So yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Question number three, besides your book, what is a book that you would recommend to an aspiring leader? So one of my favorite books is Culture Code, um, mm. and I think it's by Dan Coyle, mm. I think his name is, yep, and, yep. and um, uh, it has just opened my eyes to so many things about, about culture and, and teamwork and learning one another. Um, it is a mistake if you haven't read that particular mm. book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll make sure we get that added to the to the list. And and you know what? I've been making a mistake. It's literally sitting on my shelf, <laughs> and I have just not got to that book yet. Along with like ten other books, I'm thinking I'm just right, waiting right. for it out through osmosis, just floating into my head. <laughs> Appreciate that. All right, and the last question, and this is the the deep question of the day at the Llama Lounge. We're all about life, learning, and leadership. So mm-hmm. how does uh, Satch find his harmony in life, learning, and leadership? So um, um, I work so hard, so I protect time with my wife. And mm. so, matter of fact, you know, Amazon asked me to work an extra day and I told them no. And, um, and I said, here's a day that I protect with my wife. And so we go and sit somewhere and enjoy a drink or the beach or uh, I play golf all the time. And so those are important to find some, something outside of my business and mm. my work. And we spend time together and enjoy life because that is so important. And having that balance of both work and life is 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 crucial. But you know, this is my partner, and so she she comes along with everything that I do. And so um, I I couldn't do it without her. And so um, that's that's the most important piece for me. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Thank you so much, and thank you again for coming on the show, brother. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. All right. And um, one, one last shout out to our sponsor, Blazing Star Barbecue. Mike Starr bringing all the flavors from his travels to your backyard. 
check out his sauces, check out his rubs, blazingstarbarbecue.com. Highly recommend checking out his Reaper rub. That is amazing. It's not too spicy. It has a great little tang to it. And I rub it on everything, all of my stuff. So uh, check them out, blazingstarbarbecue.com. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Llama's out. Thanks for tuning in to the Llama Lounge podcast. Be sure to visit the homepage for links to products and services related to this episode. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. See you next time.